Welcome back to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Today's day 23 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church in one year. We continue in chapter 3, today beginning with paragraph 160. The freedom of faith. To be human, man's response to God by faith must be free. And, therefore, nobody is to be forced to embrace the faith against his will. The act of faith is of its very nature a free act. God calls men to serve in him, in his spirit and truth. Consequently, they are bound to him in conscience, but not coerced. This fact received in fullest manifestation in Christ Jesus. Indeed, Christ invited people to faith and conversion, but never coerced them. For he bore witness to the truth, but refused to use force to impose it on those who spoke against it. His kingdom grows by the love with which Christ, lifted up on the cross, draws men to himself. Believing in Jesus Christ and in the one who sent him for our salvation is necessary for obtaining that salvation. Since without faith it is impossible to please God and to attain to the fellowship of his sons, therefore, without faith, no one has ever attained justification, nor will anyone obtain eternal life, but he who endures to the end. Faith is an entirely free gift that God makes to man. We can lose this priceless gift, as St. Paul indicated to St. Timothy. Wage the good warfare, holding faith and in good conscience. By rejecting conscience, certain persons have made shipwreck of their faith. To live, grow, and persevere in the faith until the end, we must nourish it with the word of God. We must beg the Lord to increase our faith. It must be working through charity, abounding in hope, and rooted in the faith of the church. Faith makes us t- taste in advance the light of the beatific vision, the goal of our journey here below. Then we shall see God face to face as he is. So faith is already the beginning of eternal life. When we contemplate the blessings of faith even now, as if gazing at a reflection in the mirror, it is as if we already possess the wonderful things which our faith assures us we shall one day enjoy. Now, however, we walk by faith, not by sight. We perceive God as in a mirror dimly and only in part. Even though enlightened by him in who it, it believes, faith is often lived in darkness and can be put to the test. The, the world we live in often seems very far from the one promised us by faith. Our experiences of evil and suffering, injustice and death, seem to contradict the good news. They can shake our faith and become a temptation against it. It is then we must turn to the witnesses of faith, to Abraham, who, in hope, believed against hope, to the Virgin Mary, who, in her pilgrimage of faith, walked into into the night of faith and sharing the darkness of her son's suffering and death, and to so many others. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. So this section and the continuing the characteristics of faith starts with freedom. Right and and the, the the free choice to make faith and the, and that makes so much sense. If faith is is the entering into a relationship with God, it, it 
how how mean would he have to be to force us to believe, right? I think we forget that sometimes is um, is that, yeah, it ha- of course we're going to be tested. If if we weren't tested, it wouldn't be a free act, right? We, you know, and, and I, you know, anytime you do, um, you know, anytime we, we kind of get distraught by, by the temptations that come against, you know, kind of doubting faith or whatever it is, it's, we have to kind of come back and be like, oh yeah, that this is kind of what the nature of love is like. It, it has to be, my choice and but in able to have a choice you have to have an ability to say no and so if there's no doubt then there's no way it could be free right of course god could have removed uh, like this is the thing god easily could remove every temptation and he could remove all of the um all of the choices to say no to him and that'd be fine right but it wouldn't be free and therefore it wouldn't be love right that this is where um you know the the starting point of faith has to have a freedom, right? There's a reason why. I, I'm always kind of struck whenever I get to do a baptism that, you know, most of the time it's infants, so you're actually you're asking the parents and the godparents most of the questions, right? But um, but you ask them, you know, what do you want from the church? And then you say, okay, do you actually believe this stuff? And then you, um, but then right before the baptism, like the second before the baptism, you're like, is it, is it truly your will? One last time to ask the parents, for the person baptized, is it truly your will for you, you to be baptized or for your son or daughter to be baptized? And they have to say yes again for like the third time um, because faith starts that way. Because baptism starts, this virtue that comes from outside of us starts um, at baptism. It is a grace that is one of the graces of baptism. But it's, it's a grace held out for every person. And that's why we say it is so necessary because the, the effect of it is so beyond us that it has to start outside of us. And so to gain this eternal life in which we don't, we can't, grasp um on earth we have to um we have we have to say yes we have to say yes to the revelation of god um but you know again these temptations come we persevere uh through them but there's multiple references to this idea of a reflection in a mirror right and this kind of maybe slightly confusing verse from first corinthians that we see but in a mirror dimly or only in part. Well, because our mirrors tend to be much better than ancient mirrors, right? Our mirrors tend to actually give us a sign, although kind of in reverse, of of what we look like. You know, we can actually see details in them. But instead of looking in, uh, you know, your mirror that is over your sink, look at uh, the back of a spoon, right? Th- that's kind of the closer to, or maybe if you have like a silver dish in, the, in your house and you, I don't know who has those anymore, but I assume somewhere, somebody, somebody somewhere has that, right? Look at that and then try and pick out exactly um, the blemishes that are, um, that you see, right? That you can't, you can't, you just can't do it, right? It's just not good enough. That's what an ancient mirror was though. So that's when Paul refers to this dimly as in a mirror, he's saying, well, I'm looking at it and I'm even looking at the right thing, but the tool just isn't good enough to really gain. My senses my reason aren't good enough tools to be able to see God as he is. Faith gives that tool, right? And, and not everybody, not always, um, but, but some are able to see it on this side of heaven, the, the reality. Um, but all are invited into this, this great reality that is to come, um, the, to, to live um, eternal life starting now, but truly... Um, for, for all eternity, to, to be with the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, the one who, um, you know, 
modeled for us and gives us every grace to be able to persevere um, even when things seem dim, right? We, uh, even when the cross is present, he, um, he shows us that we can stay on it knowing in maybe a veiled way. Maybe it's not, maybe you're going to cry out at times, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But, but there is more to come. There is more to the story. And that's what we are hold out for. That's what this faith allows us to do, is to look beyond the immediate suffering, beyond the immediate doubts and say, but God is still present and his promise is still true.